culture does evolve with time. It wasn't like right when we got started, I was like, woohoo, we have the best culture. You are listening to Running Remote, a podcast about building and scaling effective distributed teams. Join us as we dive inside the minds and processes of CEOs, managers, nomads, and dynamic entrepreneurs who are building impactful businesses and organizations through this new and innovative movement. They've thrown out the traditional rules and business textbooks and are actively finding new ways of organizing their teams, driving productivity, and scaling their growth. I'm your host, Stephanie Burns. Today's episode is brought to you by Running Remote, the world's largest remote work conference held in beautiful Bali, Indonesia. Check out the speaker lineup at runningremote.com and get 20% off your conference ticket for being a Running Remote podcast listener. Simply use coupon code IRUNREMOTELY and your 20% discount is automatically applied. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Running Remote Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Burns. And with me, I have today Lauren Gordon. How are you, Lauren? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. So before we get started, will you give us some background on you? You have a very interesting story. I do. And it's hard to, I'm still perfecting, you know, telling it in like 60 seconds. Right. (laughs) But I am from a town of 600 people in Northern Wisconsin. And I did the whole, you know, went to college for for one year, but I did not resonate with it so much. I wanted to get out and kind of see the world and not learn from a textbook. With that said, I, I had my first business that was actually offline. I owned a dance studio. So very traditional brick and mortar during that first year of college. And then I really, really decided that I wanted to travel and I wanted to be able to make money from anywhere. I knew nothing about online business or making money online, but I I was just, I'm stubborn, some might say, and I'm determined. So I did leave my small town, not knowing what I was doing at all. I booked a one-way ticket to New York City, where I kind of wandered around for nine months, tried blogging. I tried all kinds of different things, a few freelancing gigs here and there, nothing really stuck. And then I got the travel bug again, and I booked another one-way ticket to Sydney, Australia. And then basically for... About two years, I was still stumbling around until I bought a few online courses and finally actually started to learn specific skills and apply them consistently and kick the shiny object syndrome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And some things finally stuck and I have been pretty much on the road traveling full time, running my online businesses ever since. Very cool. So what made you want to run for the hills from your little <laughs> town? Because I'm, I'm from a little town in Nebraska and I just always felt like I was too big to be there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was a large part of the feeling. Honestly, everybody I went to school with, you know, my friend's circle, they all, they had ideas. They, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. And it was all traditional. It was, you know, doctor. One wanted to be a lawyer. One wanted to be, you know, a nurse. It was all very traditional things. And I'm, I'm a creative at heart. I've danced for 15 years and art and I'm, I'm just a creative person all around and, and a traveler. So I had this idea of creating life on my own terms. I didn't really know what that meant, but I, I read about it in a blog post once when I was really young and I was like, yeah, that's that. That's I resonate I with that. Do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what that means, but that's what I want. That's funny. I remember feeling like that in school. And then I went to college in South Dakota, even the same. And I never felt like I really belonged in the Midwest, even though I'm back in the Midwest and it's very lovely. But I didn't realize that I was able to leave until one of my very dear friends said, I'm going to move to California after we graduate. I was like, you are? And she's like, well, yeah. And I was like, we can do that? <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> 
And I was like, can I come? And she's like, yeah. So I think that there's a mentality sometimes too, when you grow up in the Midwest, you can't leave. It's just, mm-hmm. that's where you are and that's where you'll be. And, but yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point you bring up because the town that I'm from, and maybe this is the same for you, but the town I'm from is very generational. So that means that, you know, I had friends who's great, great grandparents lived there. And I had friends who hadn't even been out of the state and it just, it wasn't normal to leave the state. And everybody chose colleges that were literally within a three hour radius. And I was like, you guys, there's a huge, there's, there's a lot of states out there. There's a lot yeah. of countries. Out there. It does help though. I, I had a very, very, very strong support system and my family grew up traveling a lot. I moved, I've lived in like four different states just growing up. And so that does help. And I, I think that support system, it really, really helped me. I never questioned whether I could leave. It was a matter of when. That's interesting. So now you are in Australia. I am. I am. Um, I have a daughter who's at this time, she's 11 months. She's almost a year old. So basically when I came over here, when I was just 19, I came here to work on me, myself and I. And as fate decided, I met Daniel a week after I landed. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fooled you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, really? I was like, I'm, I was not interested in dating. I was not interested in men at all. But lo and behold, here we are now with my favorite little person in the whole world. And we travel full-time. And so we go back and forth between Australia and the U.S. a lot um, to keep both sides of the family happy. <laughs> sure. I'm sure there's some grandmas out there that need to see their their babies. I get it. So that's so cool. So tell me about your remote team. Where are they? What do they do for you? We have people almost in every corner of the globe, but our main, so our builders, so we build funnels, we build websites. A lot of them are actually in in Europe, and we find that that time difference is actually kind of perfect. It's not quite as black and white as the time difference in Australia and the U.S. is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So most of our clientele is in the U.S. We do have international, but a lot is in the U.S. So I would say about 70% of our team is probably in the US and then another 30% is scattered around Europe, a couple of Australians, but mostly Europe and the US. So tell me, I didn't even ask you, tell me about your agency, our listeners about your agency. You and I (laughs) chatted a little bit about it. Yeah. So I am the co-owner of two agencies. So the first is called Vivid New Media and we build online sales funnels, which is basically lead generation funnels for businesses. And then the second agency is a web design agency, but we have a specialization in ADA, so the American Disabilities Act. So there's a legal compliance that if you have a website in the U.S., it has to be ADA compliant. So it has to comply with that law, which in simple terms, it basically means that somebody who has a disability, whether they're blind or they're either deaf or they have any kind of disability, they have to be able to have the same experience on your website than somebody that doesn't have a disability. So we found that huge, huge need in the marketplace and, and started that second agency. Very cool. And so how are you managing both agencies right now with your little one and traveling? Yeah, that's a great question. With remote Um, workers, obviously. I obviously would not be able to do any of it by myself, but I am head of operations. So I do handle, I basically oversee client fulfillment and then the other half of the agency, which is obviously sales and lead generation. Um, My business partners do that. So I'm always the head of fulfillment. Yeah. And honestly, Slack is our best friend. We love Slack. I know you're going to ask questions about 
about this, so I, I won't get too much into it yet. But honestly, this might sound crazy, but I find that over communication, we're, we're very, very careful on not over communicating. And I can expand on that. But it's this idea that you have to be constantly talking. And we actually find that we're more productive when we just communicate when there is something that needs to be done or there's something that is needed from me or needed from a team member. Because I feel like a lot of times teams can over communicate and it just creates more chaos and more that might sound crazy to your listeners but but we found that it's a really a real a real thing so how interesting i find that i have a hard time getting my work done in open air like in a co-working space and i start to meet people and then you you know you naturally start talking and those kinds of things or when i was working in an open air agency early in my career it, it was really tough <laughs> because it's so hard not to just start to chatter. But with that, how are you creating culture? That is something that's ever evolving. Culture does evolve with time. It wasn't like right when we got started, I was like, woohoo, we have the best culture. We created this awesome culture in a week. Um, it's definitely taken time and I'm not at all you know, afraid to, to say that, that it, like creating a culture is hard when you when you are 100% online. But I always, I always, always, always like to uphold our standards of just respect and positivity. I, along with everybody else on our team, we're positive. So even if shit hits the fan, <laughs> I don't know if I can swear in here, but <laughs> even if shit hits the fan or even if something goes way wrong, positivity is really what, I think it's what shapes our culture is we're all really, really positive people. And we also don't take ourselves like too seriously. We get the jobs done, but you know, I don't know about you, Stephanie, but I personally don't ever want to work with or be around somebody who is robotic or you can't have a normal conversation with them. So I like to think of everybody on my team. Like I can just talk to them. They can talk to me. There's no weird seniority like levels there. So yeah, I think that's a big part of it is positivity and truly not taking yourself too seriously because nobody gets out of life alive in the end. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So what are some of the things that you are doing? I mean, do you have like meetups and summits or do you have video calls? Like what are, what are the things that you're doing? So one thing that's worked really well for us is for communication. Like I said, we do use Slack. That's where everybody is like at any time, anybody can send a message to our team discussion channel. So like in Slack, I'm sure you know this, there's different channels and we have different channels set up for different things but there's one main one where anybody can just, if it's a broad message that everybody needs to hear, then anybody can send a message anytime. But what we've found that works really well is in order to be as efficient and lean as possible in our communication, we use Loom videos a lot. So instead of being like, hey, we need a team call, somebody will just actually record like a Loom video describing what the problem is or what they need, and they'll send that Loom video to the other team member. So I'm, I'm sure you know what Loom is, but it's basically screen recording software. And that I find that that cuts down on, you know, unnecessary or time sucking calls. That works really well. I love Loom so yeah. much. <laughs> so much. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the challenges that you've faced having a remote team? Time zones. <laughs> uh, That's always the first one that comes to mind is time zones, you know, because, you know, we have our customer support people and our standards are that, you know, anybody that emails our customer support gets a response within 24 hours or it's usually 12 hours. But, you know, sometimes there's been situations where somebody from the U.S. sent an email in normal business hours at their time, but it was already, I don't know, you know, midnight in Europe. So, you know, and that's on a Friday and then we don't work on the weekends. So then, for example, 
example, our European customer support person wouldn't respond until Monday. So there's like certain situations like that where it's like, okay, that's kind of hard to avoid sometimes. So yeah, time zones, but that's something, it's very little in the scheme of things. You learn to work around that. So communication sometimes, but like I said, if you set the standards, that's what's really, really important. And that's what we found early on is, you know, you have to set those standards for your team and you have to not tell them what to do, but lead them and lead by example. So So what are some of the advantages that you've seen having your team be distributed? Well, for one, being a travel lover, I just, I absolutely love having people from around the world because for one, if I want to go visit where they are, then I'm like, hey, I know somebody there. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And learning about cultures and, and you know what, different perspectives, you know, different cultures, they bring fresh ideas to the table and they, they sometimes have their own way of doing things that make your processes or your systems better. And we love that. Like we thrive on creativity. And I always tell my team members, like, if you have a better idea, or if you have a good idea, tell me, tell us, don't keep it to yourself. Don't feel like you don't have the authority to suggest it. So I love how different cultures, they just have different perspectives and different like things that are normal to them. So sometimes that results in really, really cool ideas. What is something super surprising that you've learned being in business and having a remote team that you could share with us? Running an online business is, <laughs> it has way more perks than it does downsides, obviously, especially, you know, loving to travel and being able to go anywhere. But with that said, sometimes I find it is hard to actually sit down and get into work sometimes because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I could just go outside or I could just <laughs> yeah. go to the beach or, uh, you know, I know that's not directly related to running a remote team, but just, yeah, running an online business, sometimes it is hard to actually focus and sit down and go, no, this is, you know, it's a real company. I need to check in on things. I need to do this and that. So I feel like that's different. You know, if you had a brick and mortar business, obviously you show up, you know, every day or whatnot. I'd say that's the biggest thing. Yeah. You know, that is hard when you work remote because there's not as much structure there, especially if you're the leader, (laughs) you're the one creating the structure. And so that is a difficult thing to do. When I lived in San Diego, I lived about a mile from the beach and it was difficult sometimes to (laughs) stay inside and get my work done. And then I felt like if I ever did leave, I was playing hooky. Somebody would catch me. Yes, that's a bi- that's a big one. I feel like that always happens whenever I am like, oh, I'll just you know I'll take a few hours here. It's like, oh, a message here, a message here, a message here. I'm like, yeah. dang it. Yeah, somebody <laughs> caught me. The principal caught me. Yeah. That's how I feel. I know. So what are some of the ways that you've seen your business grow because of your remote team? I Obviously, you know, there's more things getting done, but have you seen like something surprising that has contributed to your growth? You know, when we first hired our first year remote people, it was for very tedious tasks. And as soon as those were taken off my plate, personally, it was like, oh, I can breathe. But not only that, I would say the surprising thing was I didn't realize, like I was already working online for a year, year and a half, and I was already living that lifestyle of freedom where, you know, where I could make my money from anywhere and earn an income from anywhere. And then when I started, when we started hiring people for remote positions, what surprised me was how much of a difference that can make in somebody's life. So like, for example, a mom that has kids that has never been able to be home with them. And when we hire that kind of person, that makes me feel really, really good. And when we did that the first few times, that surprised me because I forgot how just how life changing it, it is to, you know, to be home with your kids or to be able to stay home. 
So that's one of the most fulfilling parts, I think, about running a remote team and being able to hire people who can work from home because it means a lot to people. That's that's what I've seen, at least. I'm glad you brought that up because talking to a lot of people on this podcast, overwhelmingly, mm-hmm. everyone talks about the quality of life for their remote team. Mm-hmm. You know, it really matters to all of the business owners that I've talked to. And whether they're in a different country or the same country, different state, even down the road, Mm -hmm. the fact that they can still live their life the way that they need to in order for their personal lives or their families to function matters a lot to us as business owners because just having our people be happier makes the work better and then just makes the work environment better. Have you experienced that as well? You couldn't have said it any better. That's exactly it. It is all about happiness and very, very easy to tell when everybody is happy and everybody is in their their genius zone. You know what I mean? That is what I've seen. And I just, I love knowing that having a remote team does impact so many different lives. And it's not just their life. It's, you know, it's their family's life. It's their kid's life. You know, they get to just their quality of life. Like you said, it improves. And then they're happier and the entire team is happier and, and the culture is even better. So yeah, it's this ripple effect. It really, it really is this ripple effect when you hire one person and you give them that kind of opportunity, you know, it pours over into the rest of your business. And I talk to, you know, other people who do work in traditional corporate environments and, you know, things are dysfunctional or they're toxic and they want to know how to fix it. And Mm -hmm. I always just tell them like, it's not your job to fix it. It's just not your job to fix it. There are so many places out there that are creating a culture. It isn't toxic where you have people that do want you to have a happy life. And the cultures that are toxic like that or aren't healthy are eventually going to fall away because they're going to lose talent. So don't waste time trying to fix a culture that doesn't care about you and go find one that does. And eventually they'll pivot or they'll shut down. And I think it's amazing, especially in remote work, I see this overwhelming need for our team's happiness. I think that's so great. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's it. If they're not happy, they are going to leave and they are going to find better opportunities. So that's another thing is, I mean, a lot of business owners, I find, try to kind of cut corners when hiring remote people or they try to pay them as little as possible just because they are remote and they think they can pay them way, you know, way less. That's not really how I function or how we function. I would rather pay them what they what they need, number one, but what they're truly worth and and make them happy so that they stay around because I don't I don't want high turnover. I don't want my employees leaving. So yeah, you couldn't have said it any better. Awesome. So what kind of advice would you give somebody who is looking to bring on a remote team or transition their team? I said this earlier, I think, but first and foremost, set standards. And I don't mean in like a robotic bossy way or anything, but have standards in place, like literally write up Google document or Microsoft Word document, communication standards, you know, those come first, write down your communication standards. What do you expect? I mean, you should already have this in place, but absolutely have your company values clearly defined. That was a big one for us. Make sure you understand what your company's values are, because those need to be able to be communicated to your team members if they're online. It's way different than being in an office and, you know, having them hung up on a wall or, you know, or something like that. So have your company values understood and be ready to communicate them. And creating culture is is truly an evolving thing, I think. You, you know, you can set the standards from day one. You can tell them your company values from day one, but it's a practice. It's a practice every single day. And, you know, you as a leader, you have to lead by example and they will follow. And they'll, it's a practice every day. But if you do keep at it, then a really healthy, fun, positive culture can be formed. Very 
Very good. It was so great to talk to you today, Lauren. I really appreciate you taking the time out. I know it's early over there in Australia. <laughs> All good. This is a, a great way to start my morning. Oh. I could talk about these things for a long time. So I agree. I agree. Well, it was super fun to chat with you and I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much, Stephanie. That's it for this episode of Running Remote. Thanks for joining us as we dive into the minds and processes of CEOs, managers, nomads, and dynamic entrepreneurs who are building impactful businesses and organizations through this new and innovative movement. We're a very small team behind this podcast, so if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share this episode with a friend. And definitely check us out at runningremote.com. Until next time.